This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. And we're venturing into the world of legal battles and booze as we delve into the saga of the Limpopo Liquor Act and its recent postponement and really uncorking the Limpopo Liquor Act uh, and getting ready to sip on some legal drama, if you will, and the economic twists. I mean, the Limpopo High Court has hit the pause button on the Limpopo Liquor Act uh, thanks to what some say is a tactical move by the EFF. And uh, this postponement uh, has us all waiting with bated breath until August the 18th to see what happens next. Like in Dimane, the conductor of uh, the National Liquor Traders Association steps into the spotlight right now to share the scoop uh, with liquor traders from Limpopo, Pumalanga, Gauteng, and even artists and entertainers joining the courtroom scene. Uh, this battle has the makings of a blockbuster in itself. Uh, Mr. Mdimane, pleasure to have you on the program this morning. So the Limpopo High Court recently postponed the hearing of the Limpopo Liquor Act interdict due to technical reasons. Could you explain what specifically prompted this postponement and how it might impact the overall legal proceedings here? Uh, thank you so much and uh, good morning to Power FM listeners. I-, I loved when you said uncorking the, the Limpopo Liquor Act. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that sounded so relevant. But uh, on, on a serious note, uh, the matter was, uh, was postponed uh, due to the fact that the second applicant into the matter, which is the economic freedom fighters. Uh, the papers were only served less than 72 hours uh, to government, and there is a state a law that requires that if it did government, you need to give them 72 hours. Hence, we're saying that it was a technical matter that uh, sat down yesterday and not really to discuss the merit of the case, which has now been set to the 18th of August. But I think the important thing that took place in that court yeah. is that our legal team, the EFFs, and also the, the departments, the legal team, were able to, you know, agree on the processes, you know, in terms of filing affidavits and responding, so that we do not sit on the 18th and then we look uh, for another postponement. So on the 18th, we're willing to sit down and really uh, be able to delve deeper into the matter so that the judge can make a ruling and then that uh, so that people can, you know, go back to their normal lives in terms of being able to sell alcohol yeah. in a way that should be determined by the courts because obviously the department has failed to take heed of our submissions as to the opposing of the current uh, regulation, as it were. Now, as the National Liquor Traders Association, you launched, of course, this urgent court application uh, for an interdict against the implementation of the Act. What were the primary concerns or the objections that your organization had raised regarding this uh, Act? So the overarching uh, 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 issue that, that we raised was the constitutionality of the of the act uh, as far as part b section 5 of the constitution is concerned which says that determining uh, liquor trading hours is the preserve of the local government by extension the municipalities and not the province so we feel that the province misdirected itself by determining the trading hours and we raised this with the state attorneys in the presence of the MEC, and they could not respond but also if we look at the deeper matter beyond this is the trading hours it does not make sense that you know, the province will just wake up one day and decide that, you know, cutting two hours is going to help fight crimes without presenting scientific facts to mm. back up that. Mm. And we even feel that even common sense is not on their side in terms of this. So the new law is often referred to as this uh, midnight law, and it's faced 
quite an, uh, some resistance from various groups who, who claim that it negatively impacts on the economic activities in that province and even beyond. Uh, can you shed a bit more light on how this law affects the livelihood of liquor traders and related industries in Limpopo and further beyond? So if you look at, I mean, most of our sectors, especially the time and space, it's informal. And the people that work in the space are paid on an hourly basis. So it, if you're cutting two hours, it means people are losing two hours worth of work. But you also have waiters, waitresses that work in pubs and restaurants. It means then they're also losing that because most of those wages are based on hourly rate. But also you have entertainers, artists who have to perform. So if you book an artist in Jobek to go to Pulukwan and they will look at two or three gigs for them, uh, for this to make uh, economic sense for them. Now you are saying that they won't be able to perform uh, optimally because then they have to cut two hours of their time. So it means that Pulukwan or Limpompo as a province becomes less attractive to uh, artists going into that province, which will affect negatively also the terrorism space. So there is a whole lot of value chain that is affected uh, by this unjust midnight law that we are challenging in court. But there is a response from the Limpopo Department of Economic Development, Environment and Tourism, uh, citing community instability as well as the violence uh, that's been seen in the province as, as reasons for the Act's implementation. How does the National Liquor Traders Association then propose addressing these concerns without implementing strict trading hour changes here? I think we need to be careful in addressing issues that are being highlighted in corridors and uh, you know in, in, in strict conversations. These, there are no facts to back up what, they, what the department is saying. Where is that coming from? Where are the facts to support what they're saying? So if they're saying there are community instabilities, where is the facts to support that? We just feel that they were being emotional. You know, it is a typical, you know, uh, government that is failing to do basic things that wants to uh, almost project themselves as doing something by targeting a soft environment like the liquor industry. Mm. There's really nothing to this. And that's why they cannot even back up this with facts or even evidence to support why cutting two hours is going to uh, ensure that, you know, there's social cohesion, we fight crime in that province. Of course, as liquor traders, we are affected by crime because we are part of society. You cannot talk tavern and exclude community. We are one and the same thing. So we also affected by yeah. crime. So to say that fighting crime, we have to reduce our trading hours. It's really nonsensical. We have run out of time, but before I let you go, in light of the postponement and the ongoing legal battle, what advice would you like to give, Lucky, to liquor traders who are navigating through this period of uncertainty here? We, we want to make this clear, uh, that the legal advice that we got uh, is that liquor traders can continue to trade till 2 a.m., pending the finalization of this matter. And we are very clear on that. Thank you very much. That's a Lakin Timane from the Liquor Traders Association. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.